Hi, this is Natalie Lander, voice of Kinsey, Tara Branford, Stargirl, and many others. You are listening to a W2Mnet podcast. You can visit W2Mnet.com for other podcasts about entertainment, video games, sports, and wrestling. You are listening to Video Games to the Max. All right. Hello and welcome to Video Games to the Max, episode 284. And I am your host, Sean Garman. Here with me, as always, Mr. Mark Morrison. Howdy. And, well, there has been a lot happening since uh, the last time we did the show. Sorry. I had, like, two weeks off. I had, like, lots of stuff happening. And just, uh, well, the first week I just kind of, needed a little break and the second week was not intended but really we may just be doing this on fridays now because i have the soccer podcast and that's on tuesdays and doing two shows back to back is uh difficult um to basically you don't get a break from one of the other shows so probably easier just to do this on because either way we're still doing it at the same time because monday's the same thing i still work Pretty late, but either way, glad to be back here talking about them video games. And well, Mark, anything been happening with you? No, and, been playing some games. That's about it. Well, you said you went to uh, in this in this time frame, you went to a store. No, I went. Uh, I went to an arcade. Arcade, that's right. Yeah, and it's funny because I, I went there before, like six months ago, and the one game is this the one where you played the yeah the, the rhythm, okay yes. the arcade game. Yeah, that's the one game I re- really wanted to play again, and it was sold. Up. It was already gone. Did they explain why? It was, oh, somebody bought it. Yeah, yeah. Like it's oh, okay. like a, it's like re- an arcade, but they also like sell machines and stuff like that or trade them. So, well, if I was that person, I had the cash, I'd buy it too, because you're not going to find that <clears throat> in a lot of places. Yeah, and so. it's like it's pretty import friendly, or it's not like a ton of Japanese. So, yeah, compared to some games, it's pretty decent. Yeah, I, I wanted to go there for that game, and I was like, of, of course. <laughs> yeah, when you want to play it after you, you know, enjoyed it the first time. Yeah. Not there, no. The two things I played there, well, I played the new Mandalorian pinball machine. Uh, it was okay. It's like other stern crap that I'm not a huge fan of. But the one game that I wanted to talk about for a second was something called Sailor Zombie. Sailor Zombie, what is that about? So, you know those games where you, like, sit down like, a booth and you have, like, a light gun? Yeah. There's, like, a Luigi's Mansion one and, like, Halo Fireteam and, you know, like, those types of, types of stuff. Mm-hmm. So, this was one of those, except it was, on the side of it was, like, just Japanese women or, like, Japanese girls. And I, I played it, and it's an AK, AKB48 light gun game. Do you know what AKB48 is? <laughs> That's what I was going to ask. What is okay, the yeah. They, they are a Japanese like idol group. Okay. Yeah, like J-pop, stuff like that. Like there's like a whole I mean, I think they've been around for like 15 years, but they like cycle there's like four or five different groups also <laughs> and they like once a member gets to like 19 or something, they like basically graduate and they get cycled out. They're like a huge group in Japan. I mean, they're like one of the biggest groups ever. So this game is basically you pick a girl and then the entire game is, like, she she and the rest of the group are, like, zombified. And you have a gun that, like, turns people back into regular people. 
so like you shoot her and then she's like with you and you're trying to like rescue the other members of the group as well as like just rescue people in general like when you, you have to keep shooting them over and over and they be, eventually become like a regular person go from like gray skin and white hair to like you know black hair and like you know normal color skin i i couldn't figure out what the story was because that that all is in japanese like you know uh voice and like the script and there are also werewolves running around <laughs> Or there's like two different boss fights, one with one werewolf and one with like another, or two of them. And you beat the two werewolves and the game kind of ends. But also, so it's like half light gun game, half rhythm game. Because there are two buttons on the gun, like basically like left and right. And wow. like, yeah, there are like rhythm game, like, you know, like rhythm sections. We have to like keep pressing the buttons in tandem with the music. The zombie girls, like the zombie group, like when they hear music, they start dancing like they remember like their choreography so there's like four light gun levels where you're just like shooting people or shooting like the girls and then the game ends there's no yeah i'm seeing some of these light gun levels like that is there's no like <laughs> conclusion to the game or to the story it's not like oh some evil you know fan or you know, obsessed fan turned the girls into zombies it's like no you beat these two werewolves there's two like rhythm sequences and then it ends and i'm like what happened like what like what caused the zombie outbreak or you know how did you get this gun or you know anything like that yeah i'm showing some of this because it's like this is uh this is insane (laughs) as far as like it looks like you know it could be a like bad house of the dead yeah but like the funny thing is is like those i actually did play a house of the dead i don't know how recent it was but it had like way more going on than this thing because like this thing, there's no power up. Uh, there's like a few different uh, like secret items I kind of picked up, but there's no like mode or anything like that. Like you just kind of pick up weapons and they become like almost like permanent upgrades. Then yeah, like I see the part where you're talking about with the, yeah, the choreography. It's just like <laughs> it's just like bonkers. You're like, what the fuck is going on with this thing? And then yeah, it's uh, like oh, we just had to add two gameplay uh, elements to this here. Yeah, and it's like it's not terrible. Like I actually didn't mind yeah. it because hell, I didn't have to pay for it. So you right, know, I I don't like these types of games because they are like even more than like most arcade games. They are like designed for you to like just keep plugging money in, incredibly cheap. Like there's no there are like areas where you just can't avoid an attack because like you just you'll never have the reflexes to do it. So, but yeah, I I played it. I. I mean, if I had to pay, put money into it, I probably would have put like 10 bucks into it because I kept dying over and over. But it's like, well, I have infinite money in this thing, so who cares? <laughs> <laughs> and it also had some pretty good uh, like fan effects and like rumble seating. So yeah, that helped. Oh, fair enough then. And yeah. then, yeah, I played some other games there, but like that was like the notable one. I'm like, this is like, that was one of their newer ones. And I'm like, hey, this isn't that new. This is like at least eight or nine years old. And then B, like, this is weird. Like, yeah, I can't imagine this is going to be a big, big mover for you guys. Like, it's the weird game that you can use to do what you're doing right now. Talk about it on something, yeah. and that's probably the last time you'll, you know, you'll hear about it. That's... Well, yeah, and, until I go back there and I pick a different girl. Like, and then like you play. It's funny because you also play like this, like a Japanese guy. You never yeah. see your face, which I thought was hilarious. And then you basically get total like teased at the end. Like the girl's like leaning in to kiss you, you're kind of like leaning into her, and then she like laughs and like pushes you away. 
And I'm just thinking, like, you're the one who solved this zombie outbreak. Like, you can't get a kiss. Like, come on. Yeah. So, yeah, that was my big arcade experience. I beat East 9 and I beat The Forgotten City. And I'm trying to replay or trying to go back to Resident Evil 8. Well, how are you... Uh, feel any different on East Nine now that you've uh, beat it? Or? No, I, li- I actually did like it. It was good. See? Uh, yeah. It's funny because I reviewed it for, I, I submitted my review an hour ago to 411, and I was like, I don't know why I reviewed this. Like, the game came out several months ago. and Yeah, I reviewed I, it. I, yeah, I read your <laughs> review, like, also. Yeah. And I'm like, I gave, I gave it the same score. I gave it yeah. a different, you know, I different rationale, but I'm like, yeah, like, I got the code. I mean, I guess, but it's just right. kind of really dumb. Yeah, I liked it, but the game I failed. I think I failed like one or two side missions that screwed me in the end because there's like a trophy to get like everyone to like 100. percent Oh, okay, yeah. I didn't realize I failed until like right at the end, and I'm like, God damn it! I don't want to. Like, I can't go back to a save. So, I mean, right? I found the game. I don't know about you. I found the game like shockingly easy. Yeah, it never gets hard. It's, I mean, also because you like, you're always at the level that you need to be. You're never really under leveled. And usually, if you do enough of the side quests, you're going to be at the level you need to be at. I think the only way that that game is hard is if you just totally mainline and you don't do anything. Yeah. So, like, uh, I think I died twice on like the tower defense thing initially. Yeah. Just because I never upgraded the towers until, until like that moment. And then I did, and then it was a cakewalk again. And then there was one of those things where I I did die pretty hard because, like, I was 45, and it's like, oh, the boss in this thing is 85. And it was all those, like, crystals. So it's like, oh, I can't fa- face the boss. I, I Googled how to, like, beat this thing. Mm-hmm. And everyone was like, oh, I'm level 41. I hit this boss, and it, like, destroyed me. And it was basically like, oh, don't fight the boss. Is it the one where you're in the Coliseum? No, because this was like a monster. This was like one of the like to unlock the next city or next part of the uh, area things. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, don't even face the boss. Just destroy the crystals. Oh, and no. It's like, you're okay. probably in the one I'm thinking of. Okay, maybe. There's, yeah, there's one where you just cannot kill the boss. Yeah, yeah. That was, that was probably, and yeah. Yeah, like it, they're inside. It's when you get to like the Raging Bull where you're in the yeah, I think it was uh, that one then. Yeah. yeah, the the like the arena thing, and that's the one that I I die I not die but like I lost. Oh yeah, that, I that, got like ten times because I could not. I would always miss one or two crystals because they yeah. make you go in the air and they make you like well, go then, across. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, the, the nice thing is, is you you do have that like X ray vision and that does help quite a bit. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, I died on that one, and then I Googled it, and they're like, don't even try. Just get the crystals. And I'm yeah, like, that was the one where I was like, yeah, I'm just going to get these crystals because that boss is like, ridiculous. It's- and then there was one pretty late-stage boss, like right almost near the end, where I was like 75, and this boss was like 95. And it wasn't like hard. Like it wasn't like attacking me that much, but like it just took forever to like whittle it down. And I'm like, man. This is going on like 15 minutes. Is it in minutes. the last area? Or, yeah, the... or like one okay. of them. And it's like, it's not like hard, but it's just like, this is going on. And then like, yeah, like the last boss was like a, a cakewalk. Yep. I was like, okay, well, this is one of those where the ones leading up to it are worse than the one at the end. Yeah. So 
Uh, I mean, I did actually start a new game plus. I got to like this third chapter. I mean, if you really like mainline that game, then like if you skip everything, it goes by real quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm gonna try to play it again at least once. Uh, I want to get that one trophy. I mean, that game's pretty achieve like able to get a good platinum in. Yeah, the last one is uh, Forgotten City. Now that you beat it, yeah, there's four mm-hmm. endings. Two of them are really bad because like they're very like they're extremely minor, diff- like different. Like they don't branch off or anything. It's just like one event mm-hmm. is like slightly different. But it was good. I think it has too many technical issues for like because I saw a lot of reviews that gave like a nine out of ten, and mm-hmm. my my score is like eight out of ten. I'm just like this game is like a hair too janky for me to recommend it that way. Why do you say like too janky? Like there is a uh, great tower or a great temple in the game that you have to like go through, or you, and like you get seven steps into it and it loads like the next area. But it's like a five or six second load, and like mm-hmm. if you go out of the temple, it like loads up the, like the previous area, and it happens like all the time. And it's like there's like some invisible boundary here is doing this, and it should have been handled differently, or something's weird here because it reminded me of Skyrim, and it makes sense because it's you know it's an old Skyrim mod, but it's yeah. built using Unreal Engine. And it ha- it still feels like an old Skyrim the mod though, and it's like that, and, and you can just tell they're not quite familiar with like the game engine that they're using, and like they're just familiar with okay, this is how Skyrim did it, so we're just gonna do it that way. Like if you t- if you tell a character to do something or they run off, you can't interact with them until they get until they finish their activity, yeah. and it's the same thing with Skyrim. Like let's say in, like Fallout Three or something. Like if you said oh you know. Super mutants attacking the front door. A, a character would run off and be, basically become like busy until they they finished. And it's like this. I mean, even back then, it seemed weird. Like it seems especially janky now. But story's good. It's very sci-fi oriented, kind of. Well, that's right <laughs> I, up your alley there. I won't spoil it, but because that's kind of the meat of the game. But yeah, I liked it. I would say I would look more toward forward to their next game because hopefully it's not you know, kind of quite as messed up. Yeah. It, it's funny because, like, they have all this stuff, like, oh, you can examine, you know, the ink pot, or, you know, you can examine what's in this person's chest, and it's like, none of this matters in the game. It's all, like, just weird Skyrim holdover shit that somewhat mattered in that game, but it doesn't in this one, and the combat is awful. <laughs> but that isn't really the main... No, but think of that game, right? So if you want to get through certain sequences, it is, or you know, like the main game, it kind of is. Like there's at least two different, like combat sequences. Like one in this like big house, and then like or and then one underground, and you have like a bow that can turn people into like golden statues, but not at once, or like not unless you get a headshot, and then it takes two arrows, and it's like man, drawing back this bow sucks, and the aiming's not good, and <laughs> Yeesh. Like you're saying, I mean, it's not the main part, but it can probably stick with you. It's like, oh, it's one of these sections. I really don't want to do this. It's like, it's, it's, I mean, it, it's a main part because, like, yeah, if you want to yeah. get like the like the like the true ending, quote unquote, then you have to do that stuff. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> well, get well, ready it, for that. It's funny because I mean, this isn't really a spoiler, but there is one funny thing where you hit. So there's four endings. There's like the true ending. The two like not different enough endings, and like the first like basic ending, and the first basic ending is just like 
create a time paradox. And it's like, okay, how do I do that? I can I just thought for a second, how do you do that? And there's one character that's like, oh, uh, I'm the I'm the person that resets the timeline everything every time something goes bad. And it's like, okay. So I pulled up my bow and arrow and shot him. And then yeah, I got the first bad ending. It was like, oh, you created a time paradox and the world is now screwed up forever. I was like, cool. <laughs> you have messed up the time loop. Yeah. Go do it again. Uh pretty much, yeah. And the last thing, and uh, I mean, we both played it, was that Back for Blood beta. I don't know about you. I played it with Yens and then two other mm-hmm. randoms. Uh, it kind of sucked because the two randoms dropped out and they were replaced by bots and the bots were awful. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that's something that uh, I played with Keith and, and uh, the group and we had all four people. Yeah. It's a lot more fun when you have four people that know what they're doing. Uh, everybody See, knows what they're doing. You know who's doing what, what to grab. Like, uh, hey, here's a med pack. Everybody use it once or, or whatever. That gun plays actually, it feels good. Uh, there's so many weapons in that thing. Like, yeah, I all they were telling me was don't play this thing with randoms. It's not the same. And so I can yeah, but, definitely feel your pain there. Yeah, like it was like the first one was fine. And then like. One guy dropped out. We didn't realize it until like two sec- more sections in. And then like we died, I think, on like the fourth section. And the other guy dropped out. And then it's like, okay, now we cannot do this. Because it was like you have to cross this like screwed up bridge to get to mm-hmm. a boat. And like the two guys, like the two bots weren't running at all. So they would just get like, you know, surrounded and then screwed. <laughs> yeah, we died at the last whatever the last one is, uh, we died there. And it was like, and we had already gone through the three continues or whatever. So it's like, ah, well, that's it. Uh, we didn't even, we didn't get that far. Like, we just basically stuck in the fourth one because he was, it was like a little late at night. And then it's like, yeah, if we can't get any other people in here, like forget it. And also like, I don't know about you. I thought that card system was like really wonky or it's, I just, they didn't explain it at all in the game. No, they but, don't like, explain it. It's just there. And I'm just like, well, okay, I'll just get, stamina this time and i'll get health this time and yeah i was like create a deck and i'm just like what like why like it's like magic the yeah that definitely what? feels like something you would do with the full game i don't know why you would do that with a demo of like creating a deck and all that stuff right then but i mean yeah it seemed like it seemed like uh you know left for dead i guess oh no definitely left for dead vibes playing that game. and it was fun i had a lot of fun playing it Right. Um, I definitely think it's something that, like, if you have the four people to play this game with, and it's a perfect Game Pass game as well, but like, you can just get your, you and your three buddies or gal pals or whatever, and not not something you play with your kids, <laughs> but like, unless you know, unless they're older kids, there is uh, a lot there uh, for you to do, and and I wouldn't say the story is interesting, but at least there's like a sort of campaign type thing yeah. going on. So. I was like the I was playing the Dwight from the Office character. <laughs> oh, the uh, yes, I think that was uh, Carl had that character. I had the Mama character. Then she supposedly has like better healing. Or... Yeah. So definitely, when that uh, comes out, people should should check it out. I thought the beta was fun. Yeah, uh, for sure. I'm I probably would have more, but I I only played the one round or one match. So I'm like, yeah, right. <laughs> I have been playing a few things. Uh, one of them is Boyfriend Dungeon. 
which you know is not lacking for controversy. I'm not a big uh, dungeon crawler person, but I like just like the simplicity of it. And then you know the dating part is interesting. I have certainly run into the thing that people are complaining about uh, with the dude that's creepy and constantly bothers you and makes himself awkward at events and and then you know the other people are the good the nice thing is like that's the only one right it's not every one of them you have you know the, the other characters are if you want to keep talking to them and you're interested in what they have to say or you know you're interested in them and romantically then you can keep talking to them if you don't want to then cool so i can kind of understand people were upset about Especially if you have a trigger for stalking or people being creepy, or um, but I don't think it it never ever needed to get to the point where you're harassing the devs and harassing the voice actor of the the main ca- that character. It's like he has nothing to do with that. Like he's just given lines to read, yeah, and he's getting paid to do that. You yeah, know, it's not, it's, it's not like he wrote the game. You know, yeah, I mean, and and they tried. So I think write it the best they could. I mean, but you but see that's the thing is there that's also reality. Women deal with that. I think more than men, women deal with that on a in a sometimes daily basis of somebody pursuing them even though they don't want to be pursued. And sometimes they're being heavily awkward about it and they don't care and and they will continue to insert themselves in the situation whether they want to, you know, that person wants you there or not. That is sort of like Again, should you have to play through that in a game? No, but you also don't have to play the game either. Hopefully it's not somebody that went and bought uh, the game and then found that out. I mean, they did a good job of putting more content warnings in. But like, I really like the, the dungeon crawling aspect. I like the, the simple graphics. And then you... The one thing I will say I don't necessarily big fan of is... I know that's part of the loop, right? Of, okay, well, you get to a certain level and then I have to stop and so like if i don't want to use any of the other characters the other weapons i just want to use the one weapon that i'm using once you get to the max level for that part yeah you have to stop and either go kill yourself or just get out and go do the the dating part to then go back in again and wait till you get to the next level or whatever with that person yeah do you remember an old PS1 RPG called Thousand Arms? It rings familiar, but no. So that was a JRPG where, like, it was, yeah, it was, like, half JRPG, half dating sim, where you had to date girls in the town to, like, get materials and then get your, like, experience up faster. Oh, yeah, that's, that, that's that, kind of like what they would That they probably know. wouldn't play well today, but... No, no, it would not. In, in, in 1999, it was A-OK. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. That that was uh, definitely a nineteen ninety nine thing. I uh, don't think you would, like you said, would not be okay today. Um, I mean, to be fair, they don't really. Um, this is definitely a game where they really could have just removed the one female character. Yeah, and gone with what they really wanted to do. They, I mean, the female character is obviously just as important as the um, the male characters. Or the cat character, the cat character you could date, or the, the you know non-binary. I do feel at times where they really they wanted to go more of a in a full. This is an LBG, LBG, LBGT 
QI a game. Um, and we want to go that way, but I think they, they wanted to make sure that they could have something for a little, for everybody, but you know, there's definitely a difference in the amount of, you know, one uh, to the other uh, on that. Uh, but I, like I said, I will say I've enjoyed it regardless of the controversy. It's just something I can pick up, do three runs to the dungeons, you know, get a level, do the dating part. And so uh, I got to love doing stuff alive. Sometimes you got to deal with stuff like that. So yeah, there's my microphone. But anyway, yeah. So I, I've been enjoying that. Uh, I also played a little bit of the art of rally, which is kind of like a, an animated sort of rally game. I like the art style. I like the like cute looking cars. I, I only kind of played around with the free mode. It was like a like nice relaxing experience. Yeah, of just kind of driving around and stuff uh, with the with the cool art style. I don't know what it's like when you actually do like the rally part, but right. I guess if I ever get to that, then we'll get to it. Uh, but the the like big game that I've been playing that just came out as twelve minutes. It's a time loop game, just like, you know, Mark talked about Forgotten City, but this is more of a, just, it's a puzzle game. And it's not just, look, uh, I, I really like all the, the voice actors. You know, Daisy Ridley plays the wife in this game. Uh, James McAvoy is the main character, the, the male character that you play as. And William Defoe is the main antagonist. So you have three great, you know, actors, actresses in here. And I think that they play their roles well. I just don't know if the material they're given is the best. And also this is, it's weird because it's built like a point and click game. So the fact that it doesn't play like the way it wants you to figure out its story is not the same way that you would in a point and click game. Yeah. Point and click game, you are given a bunch of stuff that you can do things with. And you will eventually figure out the puzzle that way. In 12 minutes, you're not. You're given all the same stuff as a point-and-click game, but you don't really use that to figure out the puzzle. So it's like I'm sitting here doing – because basically you get 10 minutes to figure figure out the next step that it wants you to do. If you don't do it, then the cop character comes in and basically uh, you got to start over. Yeah, I'm not gonna explain what happens because that's kind of part of like the loop is. Well, I think it. they showed that in the trailer. So yeah, yeah. Like, you get like busted or he arrested. Yeah, he there's there's I mean, they they're very uh, gruesome. That game is yeah. very gruesome. Like there's times he just absolutely just chokes you out, depending on what you do. And so like that's the thing is, so I'm sitting here figuring out, okay, oh well, I can fill up the mugs with water and I can put them on the table and I can set the table and. I can uh, do this. I can go in and play with the phone that's yeah. there. And it's like, that's the kind of stuff you like figure out little by little in a point and click game. Oh, I'm figuring out the puzzle this way. This is not like that. This has its set thing that it wants you to do. It's set dialogue choices that it wants you to do in a set way. And if you don't do it that way, you're going to wind up doing the loop again. You're going to get stuck again. It's kind of frustrating. It's, that, it's that, yeah. That's actually one really nice thing about the Forgotten City is there is a character in the game, like they're basically the first character you meet, where after you do a loop, you can talk to him and say, Oh, we already talked in like a previous loop. Uh, yeah. This is what I did. You go do it. 
And he's like, okay. <laughs> and he just runs off and does it. So it frees you up to do like other crap. And it's like, wow, this is really nice. It, that's the thing is like 12 minutes doesn't want to do that. Like it, it doesn't want to hold your hand at all. It doesn't want to tell you what you're supposed to do. It wants yeah. you to figure it out, which is fine. But it's like, if, if there's no like exploration or no uh, freedom, then it's like, why is this a game? You know, you could just like read it. Yeah, that's how I felt. Is it's like you're? I don't know but, how. How would I figure this out if I don't either bang my head against the wall and just keep going, going, going? Somebody else has got to be playing it with me that kind of helps me figure out what I'm doing, or just use a walkthrough. And I'm almost at the point where I want to just use a walkthrough, figure out, and keep going because, like, that's why. See, I actually thought the same yeah. way about the Forgotten City. Is like I almost yeah. did use a walkthrough, and then I'm just like, eh. I mean, this isn't like that hard. And then also, yeah. I got a little more into like the how they like their screwball journal and stuff. There, like, I did have to use a walkthrough, like the one on. I think the third ending, just because I didn't know where you know what to do, but it was like, oh, just go talk to this person and go do the second ending again. I'm like, okay, no problem. No, and I and I can totally understand that too. And like, I think with the endings, that's different. Like, if I wanted to really go for the secret ending, which is supposed to be like the true ending or whatever, I just watch it on YouTube, like I did with that store, because yeah. it's like I'm not why I beat the game, whatever. You know, like so. That's my my thing with this is I'm kind of enjoying it. I'm kind of not. Some of the dialogue choices are really just weird, and they throw they like make you what the hell? Like why would you go from this to this? And it doesn't really make sense. It doesn't flow well. It's like you have to figure out again what it wants you uh, to say. And I'm just like, yeah, this is. So I enjoyed uh, Death Door and and Chicory a lot more with puzzles because. You can just get done with that little bitty part and then keep going on and figuring it out yourself. Yeah, it's it's one of those things. I'll figure it out this week whether I want to, um, uh, you know, what I want to do with that because then Psychonauts 2 comes out. I definitely want to be uh, delving def- totally into into Psychonauts 2. So I did hear back on a, on a code for that, but we'll, we're making us play the waiting game, obviously, uh, as far as that goes, you know. And I, I did beat Death Store. So that review, I'm going to try to write it this weekend so I can have that finished. I love the crap out of that game. I think it's it's now my my top game uh, for this year, more than Chicory. Just, again, the, the world is great. Like, I love the story that they tell at the end of why why that is this way and why, you know, the crows are this and why you are a crow and, and you're supposed to be you know, taking out the souls. Um, each one of the bosses is fantastic in the world that they're in. There's just too much to love about that game. And I think they nail the don't make it too much like Dark Souls where it's like feels you feel like you're punishing yourself. It does a great job of making you feel like, damn it, I'm the one messing up here. I just didn't dodge the right way or... I didn't figure out exactly what I'm going to do. One of the bosses is like, it took me a while to figure out, oh, this is what you do. You have to hit the, you know, the thing that he has. And I'm like, oh, this is cake, you know? And and then there was another one where I'm just like, I know what to do, but I keep getting hit and, and killed at the last, you know, the last possible minute. So 
it was uh it was just a fun experience to go through that and i've I've really just learned that i like those games so well speaking of that yen's finally got into hades oh he did oh yeah he loves it or he Ah. played it a bunch of times and i'm just like yeah you're the one who doesn't like roguelikes you don't like but you like this one huh well but hades is a little bit different like not really the levels were randomized to an extent and so the enemy placements but then he, he got to the point where it was like, oh, yeah, now you have to play this 50 times to unlock the actual ending. And then he was like, yeah, I don't think I'm going to do that. Yeah, I don't know that he's going to do that either, but, you know, at least uh, it's, he's enjoying it. That's what matters, though, yeah. is that he's enjoying it. So I'm glad he, he came around to Hades and ends up liking it because that is a great game that uh, people should go experience and go experience it while you you have it there on – on Game Pass, you know. Yeah, let's move on to the news. There is a lot of it. Um, probably not going to talk about everything because I don't have three hours to be here. We'll get into, you know, some of the stuff that we missed. And then there's some things from this week we definitely got to uh, to talk about as well. I'm uh, not going to go over the the stuff from the two indie wrecks. Uh, that no, some of them they had some really good games. Like I really uh, am a big fan of Eastward now. After seeing that, uh, definitely that's a game that I want to check out now. And and I was impressed with the way Nintendo had a lot of those games were out today. Um, which you know Nintendo's had a really great knack of doing, but still uh, the Xbox One was good too. But I don't think we need to you know rehash that stuff. You can go look up the trailers for those games. I know Mark really wants uh, Axiom Verge 2. Yep. Uh, we will uh, talk about that at a, a different time here. So there has been obviously developments with the Activision deal by now. What's funny is the one of them happened the morning that we did the last show, which was Dale and Brack stepping down, which always... Ha- that's another reason why I was like, man, I think maybe we just need to get off Tuesdays because it feels like every time we do a show... Something gets announced like the morning I'm putting the the thing up, and it's like, oh my god, I feel like we just wasted our time. So well, that's, what, that's what always happens. I mean, you can't yeah. think of it that way. I mean, well, just, but like at least on the weekend, it feels like you have less of a chance of that happening. You know, the the main point of this is there's been a, quite a lot of things that happen. You've had a, a a shareholder group that went after the entire response and also basically criticizing uh, Bobby Kotek for his response or lack of response really um, for this. And then also like the whole him, you know, naming that law firm, which he, you know, he called that original thing by the company tone deaf, hiring that law firm and considering where that law firm is from and who they represented it for. It's also tone deaf Bobby Kotek. So back at you as far as that goes. He's trying to, yeah, he doesn't want the people to unionize. So, of course, he's going to hire well, yeah, the, most, of course. the most ruthless law firm he can find. Yeah, make. look what's happened to Amazon. Every time they think that they have somebody, uh, they have this these people that are going to go unionize, it doesn't wind up happening. So, I don't know. I don't think this is going to be the thing that, that's going to make people unionize. Or people say this a lot, and then they wind up not doing it. So, we'll see how that uh, how that winds up going. The I think for me, the important part is like who they hired in the place of Jay Allen Brack, which uh, Mikey Barra coming over from Xbox in the days, you know, and which he's he was more around during the Xbox One 
uh, days when they had the TV, 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 and of course Jen O'Neill, who's there from uh, Vicarious Visions. So, you know, and then Jen O'Neill did actually speak at the uh, investor call, but she didn't really say anything about you know this whole ordeal, which I guess you wouldn't expect them to really say much when they're in a lawsuit. But I mean, what do you think about all this stuff that is happening? Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean the, the one thing we can talk about. I guess I would just say later on is other people also left Blizzard. <laughs> yeah, the Diablo uh, Four director under a and... cloud. Yeah, the Diablo Four director, and then uh, Jesse McCree and some other dude. Yeah, which uh, he has one of the characters from Overwatch named after him. So that's now yeah, they, people they, like, want that changed. <laughs> some streamers are calling him like cowboy guy or cowboy, and it's like no, that's that's terrible. Just tell your another guy with the last name McCree and make sure you're not a sex pest and go on. Yep, but. Yeah, it's probably a good sign for Blizzard. I mean, they could use it. Like, they are in shambles right now. Holy hell. Like, yeah. I've, been, I've been watching uh, some news about, like, wow, like, uh, Bellular and, like, Asmogold, and they're like, holy Christ. Like, <laughs> Yeah, a lot of streamers are just leaving WoW now, so that's causing a downturn. Of course, it doesn't help at all that Final Fantasy XIV is just whooping their butts. Yeah, that's what Asmogold yeah, 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 that's what he's yeah. playing. I mean, yeah. And then it's... Yeah, like I think Bellular was saying, like, wow, is that its lowest point since 2016? Yeah. So it's like, yeesh. Like, that's not, that, that ain't good. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, but how can you blame him? I mean, like, like, this, well, his, his data was all before what broke sexual allegations and stuff like that. So it's like, wow, if that was before that, how much lower it is, is it now? You know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, people, a lot of people that don't want to do anything, and, I'm, and you can't blame them for everything yeah. that's that's happening. I mean, it's weird because we're not going to talk about it due to the uh, thing that I talked about before. We're not going to glorify their games when this stuff is going on. Um, it's weird to see so many of the big sides sitting here talking about the Call of Duty announcement yeah. and all that. And I mean, like, I get it. There are some really great people that are working on that game. See, I, I, uh, I guess my, well, my two thoughts were on that were, one, like I said before, most of this stuff isn't Activision, like, yeah. per se. It's Blizzard. Like, right. Uh, and then, two, I, thought, I think I saw the post, I think Kotaku put it up, like, that, that's all Activision's working on, it, like the new Call of Duty game. Like, they have all of their studios working on it. Yeah, because they don't like, have anything else. Yeah, it's like, holy hell, did you ever, you never heard of the expression, like, putting all your, uh, eggs in one basket like you have to you have to diversify you have to have like at least some type of backup plan because like what if the game hits and it's terrible or you know it just doesn't catch on well so far i mean they don't really have any other thing that they don't have to worry about anything because everything call of duty sells i mean if you want to go look at the july mpd call of duty is number two behind uh, the skyward sure. sword hd so but like you know eventually it, it will fall. Or, I mean, it's not going to be like, oh, Vanguard is going to be like the game that does it in. But I just mean yeah. like within 20 years, probably Call of Duty isn't going to be like the same franchise it was, even within maybe five years. I mean, who knows? Oh, probably not. But that's on them to innovate, right? They have to yeah, change what Call of Duty is. and that, That's the point is like if all they have is like the one game or one franchise and it's like. Why even call yourself Activision? Just call yourself Call of Duty, you know? Well, maybe that's what they have to do, though. Like, maybe they have to fall in order to be able to figure out, oh, we need to do more. Like, yeah. that would be like EA saying, well, we know that Ultimate Team and all that uh, sells. 
So we're just going to tie our boat to Madden and FIFA, and that's it. We're not going to make anything else. Right. And it, Well, considering Madden's – but it doesn't matter. Madden can have terrible reviews. People still buy it every year. Well, at least, like, EA, I mean, yes, they have, like, Madden and FIFA, but they also have, like, Star Wars. They also have, like, yeah. Dead Space. They also have all the racing crap now. Mm-hmm. You know, they have other alternatives – you know they have their if, indie games. If, you know. if suddenly there's no FIFA or Madden, yes, it would be a very big hit against them, but they wouldn't crumble into dust. Like, let's say everyone turned on Call of Duty tomorrow, Activision would be done. Blizzard might prop them up a little, but not anymore. Oh no, well. no, they wouldn't. No, not really. I don't think so. I mean, like not with mobile. WoW going down and yeah, their mobile yeah. stuff might do it a little, but like it's not. You know, look at the. You know how much money Call of Duty makes compared to like you know Candy Crush or whatever whatever that crap. They got yeah, going see on. that's the difference. Is like okay with Call of Duty and the Candy Crush and uh, I guess Hearthstone or whatever. Like they could survive if WoW has to eventually just go down. Whereas if Call of Duty went down, that could be the end of everything. That, because, yeah, that, that is like their heart. Yeah, or like their spine. Like yeah, that goes. They're done. Yeah, like. They have other things in place to where WoW could finally just bite the dust, whether it's because of this and Sony people just quit playing that, or Final Fantasy fourteen just finally eats its lunch. You know, both combined, whatever. They'll be okay. It'll suck for all the people that are still working on that game, and then they, you know, whether they get shipped to another studio or they lose their job or, yeah. or whatever. But, like... And it'll suck for the people that really want to still play that game and or those games and, and everything else. But, you know, it's not like Call of Duty where Call of Duty really is propping up yeah. Activision, you know, and it's... Yeah, if you're, if it's so... If one franchise is so commingled with the company, you know, lifeblood, then when that franchise dies eventually and you have little no, nothing else going on, that's an issue. Yeah. I mean, look at Square. Like, even like somehow, let's say Final Fantasy just went went gone tomorrow. Square was, still exists. You know, they have other games going on, or they have other. Yeah, games. but they're getting to that point with Final Fantasy as well, where yeah, a I lot mean, of their core stuff is Final Fantasy. Yeah, and that's, yeah. that's also an issue. Like, remember, like I've always said, like the Square of like the PS One or even PS Two era when they were pumping out a game every year that was like very different or even like right. multiple games every year. But like to they, be fair on, on that end, like you were saying though, they have dragon quest that's yeah. doing well and they have different games in the dragon quest universe. They have, you know, all the mana. Re- I mean, I don't know how they they're done with that. Like they don't have any more mana remakes they can do. And they're pretty much done with saga, but they have things in their back catalog that they could pull out. The Wakanda thing for Avengers will probably bring that game back to some kind of decency. No, but go on. No. Like, <laughs> go, and go on with your fantasy they, answer. They have, they have Nier. They yeah. have, you know, that's doing well. Kingdom Hearts. Like, so. Well, they have, like, you know, they could bring back, like, Parasite Eve or Vagrant Story or, you know, all the other good PS1 RPGs. Yeah. But, like, what is Activision going to do? Bring back Barnstorming? You're gonna make another crappy pitfall remake, like no, yeah. I mean, they're, they're kind of low on things that they have their name on that they could say, Oh, okay, well, we'll I be mean, all right. I mean, I guess they could start bringing Crash the Spiral back out of thin air, but 
But even like, look at Tony Hawk. Like they just killed that studio, you know. Well, yeah, because they're like you said, they're putting all their eggs in one basket of Call of Duty, and that's it. And yeah, look, I don't wish any ill on anything. Like if if that if Call of Duty continues to be the standard bearer for ten more years, and sucks that it's Activision, but yeah, it is what it is. And just to prove that it does, it's not just the big boys. Or I'm sorry, so the, the big companies. It also can happen in the indie studio. Uh, Fulbright co-founder Steve Gaynor has stepped back from his role um, on developing on open roads uh, because there was allegations of a toxic work environment there. I was going to say, at least for him, it wasn't like sexual abuse or no, it wasn't sexual harassment. Yeah. It just sounds like he was a dick. And he was aggressive and controlling and... You know, but it that also can just really be terrible for your workers. Yeah. You know, it's not a great environment for your workers there. So, like, I don't blame people for bringing that out, that people need to watch how they interact with others when you're in a workplace environment. And especially if you're a leader, I don't uh, think that, that that's a great thing that there's people doing this and, and saying things. And I'm glad that this was brought out again so you can – don't think that, oh, well, we knocked Activision out of the way, so this is not happening anywhere else. It does happen in other places. It's still a thing with Ubisoft. We, we saw more people uh, try to get together to, to have that letter going against uh, what you, you know, that there's people still involved in Ubisoft that, that were involved in that, their workplace problems. So it's good that all this stuff is coming up and coming out now, and, and we're seeing all kinds of studios being involved in this and hopefully we can learn to eradicate this going forward, hopefully with more of the stuff coming out. There's a uh, one group that just, they can't stop acquiring things. So Embracer group, uh, which I think they, they just announced like that they had acquired like three more or whatever. in a couple of days ago in the same way of just through acquiring somebody else that they already had, yeah. They get 3D realms because they already had Saber Interactive. Yeah, they, they acquired like eight studios from a few weeks ago. But the 3D realms one was the funniest one because I was just like, they're still around? <laughs> like, Yeah, they're I still they around, were, I guess. I actually thought they were defunct after that Duke Nukem fiasco or forever fiasco, you know, years ago. I was just like, what? Like, okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, as far as outside of 3D realms... Studios that did something worth noting, I think Ghost Ship Games is probably the, the biggest one. Uh, they released the Deep Rock Galactic on Steam last year, and they have a few other games in their repertoire. Like, the other ones are kind of, yeah. You mean, you mean something Grimfrost, the people who make Viking merchandise aren't important? I'm not saying they're not important. <laughs> it's just, yeah, they're small. I mean, and obviously Crazy Lads making Super Stylus, which I'm sure is huge with uh, the mobile gaming. 4.5 billion downloads. Uh, that's something to sift at either. I'm just. I think you say of these three, I'd probably say Digiac Art. Can yeah. they put out that Road 96 game? Yeah, true. And they did have the 1111 Memories Retold, which I like. Yeah. I was a uh, you know, lesser unknown game, but I, I like. I don't know what they're going to do with all these games and everything, but. Uh, hey. Just keep, just keep buying studios and not ruining them like EA thinks they aren't doing. <laughs> well. EA is doing fine with some of these studios. So, you know, at least for the Codemasters one, right now they're in love. It's new. 
You know, this is a, the honeymoon period is on. See, the code map, the F1 game is like, oh, we're happy with how well F1 did. It's like, yeah, because the game was already made. It's not like you get your mitts on it. Uh, right. I'd be more worried about next year's game when they introduce, you know, F1 fantasy draft or team or, you know, like, oh, we, have, <laughs> we have card packs. You can get all these different racers, you know, as part of your crew. No, you're, you're right about that. One of those where it's like, I wonder what EA-ism they're going to add to this. But I don't know. Maybe they have learned from their time of what happened with Dead Space and how they've ruined that franchise by putting in EA stuff into that game. Maybe this means that, you know, now that they're making that remake and, and everything coming out next year, they maybe have turned the corner a little bit on how you handle studios. I mean, yes, they had to be kind of poked and prodded into that with uh, Bioware, right? Where Dragon yeah. Age is not going to have multiplayer. Okay, we're going to understand that. Cool. But at least it kind of seems little by little they're kind of learning things. Right. At least they have a better work culture than that. Um, what is it? They didn't approve Andrew Wilson getting a bunch of, whole bunch of money like Bobby Kotick. So, I mean, he still gets a nice chunk of change. Would love to be, <laughs> be at what Andrew Wilson's making. But I'm just saying he didn't get this like big approval of money like Kozik. So it's like it feels like EA is in uh, better hands now than they used to be in, in years past, at least. Remember that EA yeah. spouse thing from like 15 years ago? <laughs> no, I, I don't. What is it? It was a woman, it was like on like Live Journal. She was complaining that like her, her husband who worked at EA was like working like ungodly hours. Oh, and yeah like 80 hour weeks or something like that. And then a bunch of new sites picked up on it. And then EA had like changed their work policy or their, uh, you know, how many hours they could work overtime. Yeah. This was 2004. Yeah. Yeah. I read in, in that uh, press reset book. Um, I can't remember his name now, uh, but he worked with EA as a tester and then like grew into, into being a producer and everything. And he would work ridiculous hours as well to the point where eventually it like drove him out. And the only way he got back in was with an indie studio like years and years later. Right. So, uh, you know, that stuff does uh, take its uh, toll on you for sure. Speaking of taking a toll, the Evil Dead game will continue to be the running theme for 2021. Games delayed until next year. Well, at least for uh, Evil Dead, it's a good reason. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Like, the if it's actually a good game, I'll buy it, you know, because they de- they're delaying it because they're adding in a single player mode. Yeah, and thank like, God. Yes. I don't, I don't, I don't play... want that 4v. This is yeah, the 4v1 Dead by game, Daylight right? and all that other yeah, crap. Yeah. Like, forget that. No, I don't need that. And they already have Ash in Dead by Daylight. So it's yeah. like, what's the point of having that? I If I wanted to play Evil Dead, it'd be for that. I want to do, I want a single player experience. Right. It's not like Back for Blood, where you know this is the game you're getting, and at least they're not making any bones about we're trying to ape Left for Dead. It's made by a lot of the same people that did that. Evil Dead, I mean, bring us something different. Don't bring us a genre that died. And Dead by Daylight's just been really well made and well done enough to keep it alive. Like, there's so many more of those games that are not even talked about yeah. today. They're just that. dead. <laughs> yeah, they're just. Oh, they're a footnote in time. You know, so you don't want to become a footnote in time because that's the only mode that you have. Just not, I don't think it would work that way. 
Now, hopefully that single play doesn't feel like a tacked on thing that they added like two hours of gameplay and that's yeah, it. I, like, I don't like, want you to just be like, oh, yeah. you're doing this map. Here are three of your bots. You know, survive for five or ten minutes. Yeah, yeah. Like, please don't do that. Like, like, like have it be an actual campaign, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, have it be an actual story. <laughs> please. Again, take your time. Do what you got to do. And make that make that right. Uh, the Amico was also delayed again. Oh, is this thing ever going to come out? Like, no. I mean, you know. it's just it's just a hilarious footnote at this point. Like, it's always funny to hear the CU podcast like rip on it. That's that that's what I enjoy the most. Yeah, like I don't, I just don't understand why he still feels the need to like have this come out. I guess you know, no, no, no one's asking for it except for like you know ten people. Man, at, least, at least the play date feels like it has more of a point than this thing. It's, yeah. Well, the play date is hitting a very specific niche that yeah. people want. Like, they want, like, a simple, relatively simple handheld. And I say, like, okay, that's... Yeah, you can play some quirky, like, unique games on it. But to have some basically Andro old-ass Android phone in a box with shitty controllers that and games that no one cares about, it's like, no, we're... I'm good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, what, what what are we doing here, you know? So, yeah, uh, the Miko getting delayed is not really the worst thing uh, out there possible, honestly. Let's go ahead and group all these together here in the surprise me because some of these I don't – I didn't think they would be making another one. And some of these is like, well, duh, you knew they had to be doing this. So South Park is getting a new game uh, being worked on in the internal studio by... That sounds bad, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if they're going to... I mean, it's one thing to work with Obsidian. They, I mean, yeah, they're doing it internally, so they're doing it themselves. And it's like, yeah, but your output is not great. Like, you don't know how to make yeah. games, you know? So it'll look nice, probably, because you're going to use all your art assets from the show. But right. what do you know about making a game? You know? Are you going to try to ape the other two games and make this a third one and just not work with them. Like I'm just thinking of that uh Scott Kennerman must die game they did, like that awful tower defense game. And that's like please yeah. don't do that. Yeah, definitely uh let's hope not. Let's hope not at least. Also in the know that they would do that right now. I thought maybe you'd get Xenoblade Chronicles X first, but it looks like there is a Xenoblade Chronicles 3 being made because Jenna Coleman, of course, uh, does the voice of Melia in the series, and she kind of hints at it. Yeah, she basically leaked it and said, I think they're doing another one, and then she's like, oh wait, I don't know if, I'm, if she said, said that or not. Which is Yeah, like and this one is supposed to be set in the future, but set in the World of Xenoblade Chronicles 2, that means technically Rex could not come back because if it's set far enough in the future, he's going to be dead. You know, they, I guess Pyra and Mithra could still be alive because they, they can't die. But, like, all those characters that you see in Xenoblade Chronicles 2 would mostly pretty much not be around. So it'd be different characters at that point. I mean, as long as you take the gotcha system out, I'm fine because I love that game. The only problem that the game, what sucked about it was the gotcha. That's how you got the blades was with that. Everything else about it was terrific. And yes, it doesn't explain its uh, battle system well. And once you get it, it's really good. So 
I, I again, I give her a lot of credit because I mean, when she started that character, started doing that role, she was a much smaller star than she is now. Yeah, and she's still doing it. You know, so good on her. Well, I mean, I'm sure they're paying her well. As, as well, well, they're probably paying. I mean, yeah, yeah, they're probably paying her appropriately. But I mean, yeah. they probably don't have a ton of money for that type of stuff. So, I mean, it's Nintendo. I mean, they could. Yeah, I mean, and also to be fair on them, they've certainly tried to make the their character grow as well. Like she had her, that DLC was basically all about her. So let's see what they uh, wind up doing. Yeah, uh, for the third one. Uh, speaking of actors doing things, that's that's pretty incredible. Eldris Elba is going to be Knuckles. That takes that movie up to like a ten already. Yeah, it's some it's some great casting. I mean, that's gonna make Knuckles like so badass. I definitely want. I want to see the, this now. The only, the only thing, the only better thing, because I don't think he spoke. Remember, in the end of the first Sonic movie, they had Tails pop up for like a second, like right at the end, or like the like yeah. after credit sequence. They need to have Tails voiced by Ice T. That, <laughs> that would so like not work, but sure, let's great. do it. Let's do it. Let's just. Oh, okay. we're gonna. Everybody's gonna be cool, and then you have. Sonic, Sonic, and jackass, <laughs> you know, be like, be voiced by the whitest guy ever. Like, yep. Was it ben? No, no, nothing against yeah. Ben Schwartz, but you know, yeah, yeah. Ben, ben Schwartz is is fine. So he does that. He's a great job uh, on that. And so, uh, but still, I mean, that's cool casting on that front to be able to get him uh, as Knuckles. Definitely drives you into like the oh okay. You're gonna get some people wanting to watch this movie that maybe didn't watch the first one. We'll see how it gets appropriate. I'll be curious what accent he does. If it'll be like his like normal British voice, or if it's more of like his American accent. I could see the British voice because Knuckles is supposed to be a villain, right? Well, he's like misguided, so, but yeah, yeah. Like in the in the movie, or like in the games, he's like a lot more like mystical kind of, right? So, well, yeah, we'll see. But we yeah, it's good. It's good. It's a good choice. Like I'm. Good, good on you, Sega. <laughs> now nah, I was gonna say now they just need to get him to do the games, also. <laughs> uh, I don't know that Sega wants to pay that money uh, for the games there. But maybe, sure. maybe, maybe he'll be like Jenna Coleman and just kind of be attached to the character and be like, oh, I'll do it for whatever. <laughs> Let's do it, do it, Edisaba. You just be Sonic or not Sonic Knuckles now. And now we gotta have Knuckles got to have his own game now because Edisaba has to. Knuckles Chaotix 2, let's go. So continuing on with that here in the category of, well, you keep buying it, so it's going to keep getting made. GTA, the trilogy of games, they're getting remastered again for PS5 and Xbox. Well, the, big, um, the big console is Switch. Yeah, the Switch. Well, it's uh, the trilogy and, of course, Grand Theft Auto V is coming to PS5 and... and yeah, that, I mean, that ain't, that ain't never coming to PS5 or to the Switch, but... And series. Yeah. But, yeah, Switch is going to get the uh, Vice City, San Andreas, and Grand Theft Auto III. They could somehow remake those games in, like, the GTA V engine. That'd be really cool, but that's probably way more work than they want to do. That's, I mean, they could, if they don't want to make a Grand Theft Auto six and just, I mean, they could, they could do Los Santos. They could do GTA uh, San Andreas pretty easily, probably, but not the other two. Yeah. And they can do, what is it? They, I mean, they could add like the Grand Theft Auto online for them too. And then you'd have a gold mine there. So, yeah. 
go for it. But yeah, I think, so, I think they rumored uh, that GTA Six is gonna like be announced next year or something. It's like, yeah, we'll see. I mean, Take Two or not Take Two, but Rockstar isn't that bad. But like, they're another one that like putting their eggs all in like one or two different baskets, and that's it. And it's like, eh, I didn't like Red Dead Two. Well, that's I, Rockstar. Yeah, Rockstar is basically just a two game studio now. Yeah, like I liked it when they branched out a little more and had like you know Midnight Club and Bully and the Warriors. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> the Warriors and uh, table tennis and all yeah, that. Yeah, there's another sequel to that. Really should make a sequel to that right now. It'd be great. But of course, no, they won't do that. Um, Skyrim, you keep buying it, so it's going to keep getting made. And now it's got an anniversary edition that's going to come to everything, basically, except Switch. Oh, no, well, it's already on the Switch, but I don't know whether that... Yeah, this one gets, like, the good version. (laughs) Um, So you're going to get, like, all three of the expansions, and you're going to get stuff that was made by the Creation Club. Um, So, like, 500 pieces of content. And then if you have it, like, on Game Pass, or you have, uh, I think, a backwards-compatible version, or you have the special edition, you can upgrade for the the anniversary edition for a certain... Uh, price, so we'll see how much that's going to. Yeah, they haven't announced that. I, if it, if they do, I hope it's like ten bucks, you know, or if max twenty. But if they go, oh, here's like the super special edition for fifty. Like, no, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of. I don't know about you. I was kind of shocked it's coming to PS5. <laughs> Why? Uh, look who owns Bethesda. No, but if they did say in that quote. He said anything legacy. We'll go and do something with that there, and that's definitely a legacy title. See, I'm I'm sure the work was already like half done, or, or you know, yeah. already done. So, why not make extra money? Because you know people are going to buy it. Yeah, that's that's why it's coming. But if it was like, oh, we didn't even start working the PS5 version until three months ago, it would be like, no, it ain't coming. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's good. I'm again, people keep buying I, this. So. I don't think I'll get it, but yeah, it's like, all right, sure, I guess. And. Of course, with a it's been kind of hinted at some here uh, by it's Coke Media, right? Coke yeah. Media. Okay, yeah, because we said it's not Koch. No, it's Coke Media, and it's not Cock either. So it, Coke Media is, of course, and Deep Silver are basically Jeff Keighley came out and sort of endorsed the rumors. That there will be a reveal of a Saints Row reboot at the Gamescom opening night live, which I'm sure you and Yens are excited about. I don't know. I mean, I guess it'll be interesting because like Saints Row 4 ended really weird with like, you know, the earth being blown up and, you're and then the out of hell thing with and... time travel. Yeah. So for them to just go like, oh, you're back in I think it's Steelport or whatever the fuck town it was in the first game. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we'll see if they do it right. Like, I, de- I definitely like want like certain later characters like Kinsey or Keith David <laughs> back in like the yeah. first game. <laughs> but yeah, I'll I'll give it a shot. I'm more interested in like a Saints Row than a GTA. Let's say that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it'd be cool to see it come back, get a reboot, and see what they can do with it now. Yeah, um, that's definitely not my bag at all. But it's cool that that is getting made, and people that do enjoy that, I'm sure you are all. I, I just don't want them to do. Well, I hope it's an actual reboot. I just don't want them to go. Oh, we uprise Saints Row One. Here you go. No, like, that's no. not what they're doing. I don't think that's what they're doing. <laughs> Please no. God, no. <laughs> I don't think you make a big old announcement. Yeah, 
from that if it's just sort of res of the first game. Yeah, I, I mean, actually, I don't think this one is such a bad thing because, honestly, they really need to make sure that they can make Life is Strange uh, True Colors all it can be at this point. Yeah. Delaying the remaster collection, which I think people are, are willing to wait on. Uh, I think you have enough people that have played through the other games. And it's not like you can't play those games. You just, I mean, they're not going to look as pretty. Right. So you can still go back and play them. Um, and then you still you can get uh, Life Straight True Colors when it comes out on the 10th, along with everything else. I mean, I, I'm more interested in that remastered thing than True Colors personally. So I don't mind waiting. Why do you say that? No. Because, no like, love. that last Life is Strange game didn't. I don't play. I didn't play that, and there wasn't a ton of buzz about that. Yeah. And this one, it's like, I mean, I guess it's kind of novel, but it just looks like more of the same. I'm just glad that it's not all episodic. It's going to be all in one thing. Yeah. So there's that too. It's all one game instead of like, oh, we got to play this in episodes and then cut it off and then whatever. It's if this is all one game. This is how you should uh, should play them now. Right. Oh, speaking of, I forgot because uh, this also comes on the tenth. I played that Tales of Arise demo. You did you get to play it? Not yet. Yeah, nah. I liked it. I, I mean, Tales has always been about like party management and that kind of thing, and then chaos happening on screen, obviously, because it's an action uh, RPG. But it feels like they this is more about the party than necessarily like one character. Uh, even though there there are like six characters, and demo is short enough to where you could do this. They have a special little story tidbit with each one of the characters if you depending on who you pick at the beginning as to the little story thing tells you about at the end but the cool thing that i liked is that you can switch between any of the characters you want during battle all the characters have this like special moves that you can do at any point and you just trigger them from you know using the d-pad up down left right at any moment to like get you a little bit of a you know attack boost or or just to get a hit on the enemy and also that you can change your character that you play as in the overworld. And then that can be a totally different person that you do in a battle as well. So the game doesn't look, you know, that special as far as like, Oh my God, these graphics are out of this world or whatever, but it looked really good. And it's called PS4 game, isn't it? Yeah. It's still a PS4 so, plus one game. So, yep. but you know, I like the world. I like the characters and, and the, the enemy took good. So, I think yeah, my problem, that. at least with some of the Tales games, is they always have like a really funky battle system. Where it's like, oh, you can attach, you can like customize moves. So it's like, oh, if you press up B, it's different from like down B or left B. Like that. And it's like, this doesn't feel right because you also have to move in a 3D plane. So this sucks, yeah. actually. <laughs> like, I think the last yeah. one, Berseria, kind of did away with that a little. Mm-hmm. And so that, that one felt better, but this still always feels a little slightly wonky compared to like East nine, which I think the game actually controlled really well. Yeah. That's what I liked a lot about that game is how and like the battle system, to control. The battle system was like very, it was simple. You know, I mean, you all had like attack and then special, you know, holding on buttons for special attacks, but that's all you need really, you know? Yeah, exactly. I agree on that. I mean, there's still the whole, like, well, you, you got to move the characters out of the way. much like an action RPG and everything. So you know, it. I play mostly as, uh, but still, I, I I really like. Let's see how the full game goes when that when that yeah. comes out pretty soon. It's just there's so much stuff coming in that like two week window there. That's how they do. <laughs> yeah, 
uh, for sure. But um, yeah, moving going back to a couple of things here. Uh, Wild looks like it was can like it looks like it's going to be canceled. We pretty much talked about this when they okay. didn't say anything about it at E three, and that Michelle Ansel's gone. No, it seems like the game I was waiting for for years. Here's a good bet for you: which is going to be canceled next, Beyond Good and Evil two or Skull and Bones? <laughs> Man, it, I'm going to get sad if Beyond Good and Evil two is <laughs> is canceled. I really want that game to happen, but it looks so unlikely now that it's not. Yeah, I mean, they showed less of that game than Wild. <laughs> yeah, I mean that Wild was going to be Michelle and sounds like next big huge game. Yeah, so uh, it, it well, is kind of unexpected. It's not unexpected that he got to show a lot more of that than the young guy did. Well, yeah, but that's funny when because when he, he he left like two years ago or last year. Yeah, he was like, oh, Wild, Wild, and Beyond Good and Evil Two are still going along, and I think even Wild like. They were staffing up early in like February, so it's like, what? Okay, what happened? <laughs> I mean, that game was like in development for like seven years, I think. Yeah. So yeah, it's, like, it's kind of like sad to see that happen, honestly. But uh, it's it's but... not bad because like, yeah, how much money can you throw at a project that's not moving forward? I mean, hell, look at uh, yeah. like I said, Skull and Bones, you know. <laughs> well, same thing. Yeah, Skull and Bones. At some point, Ubisoft's gonna have to figure out what they want to do with that. Yeah, I mean, I think they they have to make an uh, Ubisoft Shanghai game. So why not just yeah. go? Okay, you guys are gonna port Assassin's Creed Four to the Switch or something like that, and be like, okay, we fulfilled our contract. Now we're shutting down the studio. <laughs> I mean, at least the team's gonna try to stay on to work on other projects and stuff. But yeah, it doesn't surprise me really that Wild is is kind of kaput, um, considering all the things that have been happening. Sure, there was some folks out there that were really anticipating that game and. Me and the oh, giant bomb guys, because their trailer, <laughs> like their trailer response, is still up and it's hilarious. <laughs> but see, I went to talk about the Super talk about the Activision thing because it kind of goes along uh, with that as far as like just weird workplace decisions uh, when it comes to uh, this is something that got a lot of play on social media when it was happening. Um, now, of course, there's other things going on. So honestly. This just doesn't make sense to me. Like, if you would have never shown this picture, nobody would have known about it, and you could have gone on with your happy lives. But it's like, you're dumb. You don't read the room. You don't see what's happening around you. I Don't tell me you live in a bubble. Uh, the Journey to Savage Planet developers, they reformed the studio, Typhoon uh, Studios. Uh, they regained the IP. Even though, well, you're the one that liked it, Jens didn't, right? Right. They they made a new studio called Raccoon Logic, which, okay, cool name on that one. Uh, it's based in Montreal. And, of course, they were a studio that was bought by Google. Shunted they, by Google because, yes, yeah, Google doesn't exist anymore as a game company. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, and now Tencent made a big investment into them. But it's just like this picture went around and people started talking shit because it's like, you're a dev studio. You're really going to only employ, we're not talking about a small outfit like us. We're not talking about a kind of decent sized outfit like the Outer Haven or whatever, which to be fair, at least still have, uh, you know, people of color and they have, you know, women working there. And, you know, I'm proud to write there as well. Like, how do you, in 2021... Your entire picture is a bunch of white dudes. 
mostly older white dudes. Like, really? I mean, I don't know. I just like if you're gonna do that, just don't tell, don't show people a picture of it. I'm not excusing it at all, but it's just like there was a way where you could have saved yourself a lot of your BS. But you also need to like get with the times and like understand that you need to have different voices in the room. You need to have people that can think things about your game. They're going to be different because they come from a different background than you do. Like it's just this stuff bothers me now of like you're paying people and you know. How many? Okay, I think they have like twenty-one people in the picture. Like, what do you want the ratio to be? That's not a ratio. It's about like you really couldn't find any people of color, LGBTQIA folks that are also looking for these jobs in Canada. Even well, people I mean, that will move. I, I guess like, I, I I took the picture as like they were like they existed as a studio before, and they reformed as a, this new studio. Like I don't, I didn't see any stuff where it's like, oh, we had to hire seven new guys in there in this picture. No, I agree. I get what you're saying. Like this is basically okay. Well, we all got to come together as the original studio. Like I get that. I'm just saying, like, I mean, by your metric, you just want like the token minority or the token. No, I'm not saying a token minority. I'm saying like, you know, there you need to fill the room different voices. Like, whether it's, you know, one or two on a team or, you know, spread them out through the different teams or whatever. It's just, I don't know, man. Like, it's... I, I guess I just want to cap to the, you need to have different voices mentality, you know, or this, that. I mean, I would say hire the best person for the job, but also... Right, like, but how do you know if that's the best person for the job? Our, because our they work together already. <laughs> you know, it's not like... Again, they didn't hire anyone new. No, I'm not. Okay, I'm not saying right now. I'm talking about originally. Like, if you're not going to hire anybody new, then that's your fault originally for not uh, having that corrected. But I'm just saying, are they really the best person for the job? We don't know. But I don't know that the game industry necessarily doesn't always work that way. It's more of like, okay, who you know? Who's somebody that you work with at another job and you brought them on? And with some people that are willing to move, it just seems weird that that's your... But again, this all gets solved by, if you read the room, you don't run into this problem. Don't post a picture like that. You probably save yourself a bunch of backlash. Um, but anyway, moving on from that to like the last couple of things that we're going to talk about, two big things here. Halo, and I talked about this being a possibility, and who knows if maybe this is going to come further down the line to we don't have campaign at all at launch but right now co-op campaign is not going to happen at launch for halo infinite i feel like that's really what was going to happen here there was going to be sacrifices made in order to get halo to come out in 2021 because microsoft for some reason or another feels like it has to come out this year they can't delay it again and I can kind of understand that because now look at all these games that are freaking coming out in 2022. Do you really want to be in that mix where you could come out in 2021 and be something that gets talked about in the holiday season? I don't yeah. know. What do you think? Do you think that they should have just delayed it all to have it all come out in one big package or I mean, is this I mean, okay for you? I don't think they can delay it all. That's the issue. Uh, I mean, they need this thing to come out now or you know as soon as they as soon as they can i didn't i never played halo co-op so i can't i don't know I don't it's really fun care. 
Yeah, I, I assume it is. But I mean, let me ask you, does it impact your your desire to play it? Well, I mean, if I wanted to play with somebody, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's people that I would have wanted to play it with. But no, I would still play the campaign single player. Now, if the if the sing, if the campaign doesn't come out at all, it yeah. will certainly damper my. It, yeah, if I mean, yeah. if I had an Xbox, I wouldn't play it then. Personally, I um, would. I still love Halo multiplayer. It's one of the few multiplayers I do enjoy because of you know growing up with that. But I won't have the enthusiasm because the one thing that I absolutely love about Halo is the is the Halo campaigns. Uh, yeah. Except for Halo Five, I, that's what I'm looking forward to the most. That's what I want to see. Did they get this right? Right. And if they wind up just, oh, Halo is only the multiplayer because it's free. And we wanted to give you something to by the end of the year. And then Halo single player and co-op campaign don't come out till 2022. I am going to be disappointed. I don't think you can call it the full game. If it's no, only I co-op mean, yeah, and, and you delay the forge as well, which is, you know, that's a mode that I, I enjoy as well. It kind of sucks, but... If you can still get the single player game, uh, campaign out there, hopefully it's not rushed. Hopefully it's uh, just we're gonna, you know, make sure it gets in there, and and you get the multiplayer out, which has looked great. Then sure, then I think you did the uh, the best job you can do at that point. Yeah, I I know you don't care uh, too much about this, but um, Pokemon Presents had a big thing uh, this week. I'm sold on the Pokemon Brilliant uh, Diamond and Shining Pearl uh, remakes now. I Look, I know I'm in the minority here, but I like the chibi graphics. I like the way they look. I thought they did a good job of, you know, not necessarily, oh, we're, it's going to look like it was redone completely on the Switch, but it looks like they did, improved it upon, then uh, it got improved upon from the uh, DS uh, graphics. I didn't necessarily play Diamond and Pearl. So these will be new games for me. And that's kind of, I think, why I'm also excited about it is I will definitely want to uh, be able to play this and, and like, enjoy those contests, uh, enjoy putting the stickers on the ball and, like, getting to see the, like, a visual effects for the Pokemon coming out and stuff like that. I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, November 19th, I'll be down uh, with uh, playing some Diamond and Pearl. And, of course, Legends Arceus was the one that stole the show here. They it looked good. I'm really interested to see where this story is gonna go. But man, I, I really enjoyed that like world of just walking around, throwing the Pokeballs out there at whatever's out there, having the unique Pokemon from those re from that region as well, like that cool looking Growlithe, totally down with that. And then the the way that you're gonna traverse the land with those uh different Pokemon as well. This is gonna be some fun stuff when both of these games come out, so I'm excited. That, for that thing, Kotaku put up a headline saying, here's what you'll actually do in Pokemon Legends Arceus. Yeah. My response was, gotta catch them all. <laughs> <laughs> and Pokemon Unite getting the mobile version in September. I might play that. I'm not sure yet. I'm still, I keep deciding on whether I want to play that or not. But yeah, I've heard it's actually pretty decent. So there's It's there's a trap. That. <laughs> it's a it's a trap. It's a pokey trap, yeah. <laughs> you call it that, I guess. Yeah, I mean I think unless there was something else that you wanted to No, that's really about push. it. It covered like most of the big stuff. <laughs> Pretty much like 
ending this as we always do here with our look ahead um, to the games. Uh, Madden came out uh, yesterday along with the Ghost of Shiba Director's Cut. Yeah, I read some of those Madden reviews, and they weren't too great. <laughs> no, it's it's Madden. At least they improved the franchise mode, which is what I care about. But, you know, there's that at least. I, I, I read, like, I think I read GameSpot review, and it was like, this momentum thing is, like, not good. <laughs> yeah, the momentum thing is kind of dumb. And, and it, it doesn't look it sound, like a... I think it's like a Blitz, like a Blitz m- game or something like that. Yeah, it's... <laughs> And using the Amazon next gen stats thing is stupid, and it's like uh, we don't care, folks. Like, come on. Now. I think yeah. it was the IGN when they. I think the guy asked him like, "Hey, why can't we recruit old players into this fantasy league or fantasy team?" And the producer was like, "Wow, we never considered that." And it's like, really? Yeah, even the you the, didn't? the, the reporter okay. was like, "What the hell? Like, why haven't you?" Like, that's like the, a basic thing in like the NBA and the. Uh, MLB games, you know, like yeah, I don't understand. That's stupid. I don't, come on now, like really? Okay, yeah, whatever, folks. Some people are just something else sometimes, or maybe he just copped out and didn't want to really give the real answer, so he just said that. <laughs> like, we, we didn't want to pay those people. <laughs> that would have been the real answer. So the big games coming out in this next week here. Are of course Aliens Fireteam Elite, which I, I know the uh, Outer Haven crew have been looking forward to. King's Bounty 2, Psychonauts 2, of course, is the huge I'm, one. I'm but... excited for those two. Yeah. I couldn't give so... a damn about Aliens because I know <laughs> how those games work. <laughs> but yeah, Psychonauts 2, I'm very excited about. One of my most anticipated games of this year. So definitely uh, looking forward to that. Um, behind the Frame looks interesting. Uh, oh, my backpack fell off the couch for some reason by itself. There's a okay. ghost. That's kind of freaky. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, behind the frame has always looked interesting when I've seen it. Uh, that missed 2020, getting like a remaster, and it's coming of, to Game Pass. Of a remaster since yeah, once. <laughs> is interesting. Go play the Spunky games on Switch if you haven't already. No More Heroes 3 coming out. So finally, and I'm really looking forward to Baldo as well. The I love that, like almost looks like GB art style, uh, along with um, how the game plays. So some good stuff coming here at the end of the month. Lots of things for people to go check out and enjoy. Yeah, here. Well, I uh, make sure if you haven't been paying attention to the, and if you're not watching on, on uh, video here, go uh, follow us on Twitter at Humanity Play. Follow me at WTM Sean. Go follow the network at WTO Network. Go check out the whole WTO Network. Mark Radlich, I hope you feel better and uh, get get rid of that COVID uh, pretty quickly. Uh, they reviewed Loki. I reviewed the free guy. Uh, what else have they been reviewing lately? I'm sure that uh, as soon as those what if shows, have you have you watched? I watched the um the Peggy Carter one. Okay, the, the first, the first one. Yeah, I yeah. watched them both. Yeah, I like them. Yeah, they, they, I'm I'm excited to watch the second one. I heard that one's even better, so we'll see how that goes. And that that series looks like it's going to be one of the best ones that they do um, so far on the the Disney Plus thing. That uh, uh, that zombies one will be pretty good. Yeah. Aside from that, go check out the uh, website. Mark will have the Forgotten City review. I will have Death Door. 
Uh, that should be up by the time we do the next uh, podcast. And yeah, um, also I brought the soccer pod back, Soccer to the Max. It's on Tuesdays at um, 8.30-ish live. And then, of course, it'll be on demand uh, later that night. And we have a cool format that's different than before. So definitely you should go uh, check that out wherever there are podcasts. And, of course, we are available wherever there are podcasts as well on any of the, your favorite services. And, of course, you can uh, watch on YouTube as well on, on video end. So until uh, next time, enjoy y'all. Enjoy your games. And later, everybody. <laughs>